need to talk to more than just your grandmother and your pastor when you're having Amen. Amen. Hold on. As a pastor, amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Don't just come to me. We got professionals. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another edition of Dads on Purpose, the podcast. I'm your host, Josh Ashford. And as always, as always, got the big homie KB, Mr. Kevin Bagans. KB, talk to him, man. What's up, baby? What's going on? It's always good to be here on Dads on Purpose podcast with my boy, Josh. Look, I got the extra energy today. Let's go. You got the extra energy. And for y'all that's on YouTube land, you can see Kev, Kev trying out a new light. He he just, you know what I'm saying? He light-skinned, but he want to be really light-skinned on one side. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Kev, we got company, man. Uh, Dr. Stacia Alexander, how are you doing, ma'am? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you for asking. I appreciate the energy. It is very needed this evening, right? Or this time. No, I'm just playing. But yeah. Um, <laughs> look, look, don't, don't, don't come for me. Listen, this is really past my bedtime. Like, I have an 18 month old, I have a three year old. Uh, I'm tired. I believe it. Listen, my, my wife put them to sleep about seven, seven thirty. No, they went to bed at six thirty and seven tonight. Oh, early, so, early. Usually, if she puts them both to sleep, by the time she come back in the living room, your boy sleep. Yeah. <laughs> So that that about what seven fifteen? Yeah, you old man, you old, you old, you old. Kev, you anyway. You know what? We talking about <laughs> mental health, so I'm not gonna get into it with you today. All right, I'm not. <laughs> oh my god! But no, uh, so mental health. Okay, so listen, you guys know that we were just, we talking about this before we got on the show. I listen. I don't research our guests. Open on research guests. I don't research guests. I just know a topic we talking about, and then we going from there. But what I do know about Doc is that you, you know, on your posts, you you talk about what is it the the uh, for success. He golly, what is the name of it? It's just like the emotionality of success. There you go. Yeah. Golly, I that, that emotion. I knew it was like emotion, but I was like, what's what's the last part of it? Yes. Emotionality. So, uh, what does that mean? Oh wait. wait. Very quickly with it. Wait, sorry, Kev, go ahead. Did she get to introduce herself? She did. No, I I just said. She just said, "Hey, listen, my bad." Look, we we was chopping it up for five five ten minutes, and so that was my bad. That's my bad. You know what I'm saying? I forgot my own my own rules. I forgot my own rules. Doc, (laughs) please introduce yourself. What would you like me to share? You can. It's your world, squirrel. It's my world, squirrel. Okay. So listen, I am a mental health provider. I'm a counselor. I've been licensed for over 20 years in private practice. About three years ago, I joined the mental health staff at Powell Queen College and run the clinic over there. I'm a professional speaker. I run a coaching program, an author. I'm a mom. I'm a wife of almost 30 years. years. Don't don't sleep on that 30 years. (laughs) Bring that back. Listen, 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 listen. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I'm a caretaker. I'm, I'm I'm I don't know. I just life is good. There you go. That's a good. Hey, I love it. Just I that love it. Win. Hey, yeah, hey, that's what's up, man. That's what's, hey. Up. that's what's up. Hey, man, I'm hey. almost curious. What does that look like? Like it looks very different during COVID. It looks very. Mm. Different. I'm doing 
Um, there was already a program in play and I was uh, added to the staff to really like destigmatize mental health because there mm. was still a stigma associated from the students. Um, and the whole purpose of them incorporating mental health was that they were giving them life skills for professional development, but mm-hmm. internally they were still doing some sabotaging behaviors, not dealing with those things that were blocking them. So it fully aligned with what I do in my professional speaking and coaching program, which is the emotionality of success. So I'll just explain mm-hmm. that kind of transition to that. So what I realized uh, years ago after counseling hundreds and hundreds of people, a lot of them being professionals, is that we would always give a disclaimer. Uh, I'm feeling sad, but I really have no reason to be sad because I got my dream job. I have the family mm. I want, and I'm living in the neighborhood I want. And mm. I just started telling people, you don't have to give me a disclaimer because yeah. you're successful doesn't make you immune to the emotional challenges that come with just living. Digging and everything, I realized, man, this is pretty bad because it happened to my parents. Nobody mm. prepared them for the success that they had, which was totally different from what their parents did. Like my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a sixth grade education. Mm-hmm. Her father was self-taught in real estate, but um, my parents both went to college. They had computer degrees. They bought yeah. this house at 23 and had two new cars and this little baby. Hey. Running. But they could not handle the success. They wow. came. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of implode, right? Because mm-hmm. they didn't know what to do. And so, yeah, I realized a lot of us have not been prepared for success. We, we have mm-hmm. the book sticks. But we don't have the emotional capacity to deal with what it means to elevate at each stage of our journey and get those things that we actually want. I don't want to glass over something. I don't know if you said it intentionally or unintentionally, but you said something and referred to us. Because me included. Exactly. It was very intentional. Right. No, no, because- no, 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 no. When I, when I say us, you, you mean our culture, right? No, I mean people, period. Okay, mm. no, because so, well, well, so when, when you said you were working at, you know what I'm saying, Paul Quinn, I was just like, okay, I wonder what that looks like as far as like dealing with mental health. Is that a whole different aspect than, you know, if you had a PWI or something like that? Um, so what we are realizing that there needs to be more education across the board. Absolutely. However, uh, uh, people who are not of color have had more access to mental health treatment. Mm-hmm. Again, we're always years behind, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they realize much earlier than we have that yeah. you need to talk to more than just your grandmother and your pastor when you're mm-hmm. having Amen. Amen. Hold on. As a pastor, amen. <laughs> amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Don't just come to me. We got professionals. No, and don't come to your pastor friend all the time either. Cause yeah. not, right. It's only some like we just each have our capacity levels. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So if you go to a counselor who has been clinically trained to help you deal with those barriers, those blocks that you have, those experiences and how to overcome them, then you're equipped. But if you go to grandmama, grandmama, she might even tell you off or she may comfort you. She may uh, you know, she may mm-hmm. handicap you, right? Enable you. Or she may go in there and tell that person, don't do that to you anymore. But she still hasn't sat back and said cognitively, emotionally, what is going on with you? And then when yeah. we deal with it from a spiritual perspective, I have the scriptures. I understand the practical application. Absolutely. You haven't told me physiologically what's going on with my body. Right. You haven't mm-hmm. explained to me what anxiety looks like when I'm trying mm-hmm. to go to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And those are the conversations that we have to have in depth. Ooh-wee, girl, you... you, you 
talking on yeah, here, we, girl. We're seven minutes in and we can oh, go. Yeah, listen, I be trying to tell folks, and look, no shade to the men that be on this podcast, hey. I guess, but whenever we have the ladies on this show, bro, we, it take us about a good four and a half minutes to get everything we need, and our sermon is done. <laughs> done. <laughs> done. Hey, hey, Doc, so you said there's a stigmatism in the community about mental health. And you know, I I I I think I'm a pretty intelligent person and I kind of have my my tentacles in the community and I see things and you know, and I notice like when I'm working with someone as I'm coaching them or as I'm mentoring them, I notice I can identify like hey, this is something deeper than what I can handle. Um, but what does the what are the stigmatisms out there? Because I know it's one thing to say stigma, there's stigmatism about therapy and getting into therapy, but what have you seen particularly? Because I believe there's somebody who's listening right now and they're like, Oh, I believe in therapy, I believe in therapy, and they are having these thoughts in the back of their head, and there's that's keeping them from going forward, and they just need to connect that too. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I do want to say I don't I don't know that it's stigmatism. I'm I'm gonna look I mean, at I wasn't gonna say nothing. I, I'm, gonna hey. say I'm gonna say something. It's stigma. My right? bad. Yeah, I just want to make sure I think hey. I gave y'all my disclaimer before we started. You gotta give no disclaimer. You gotta stop giving your disclaimer. <laughs> Listen, what happens is we don't talk about it enough in our families. So like Josh, you have little bitty kids in the house, right? So when we had our toddler, uh, the first toddler, he, he was just a calm kid, just, you know, chill, feeding, dressing, changing, he's good. The next one, um, when we had the girl, we taught her sign language because the first one took so long to talk. Mm. So if, if once it got to a point where he needed to communicate to us what was needed, he would get frustrated with us because he didn't have the verbal capacity to do it. So we mm. taught the youngest one sign language. And early on, we showed her the sign language for I'm mad. Mm. So, you know, this is toddler sign language. It's not yeah. ASL. Mm-hmm. It's toddler. Mm-hmm. I'm mad, right? Mm-hmm. And so she goes up to daddy one night and she, and he said, I don't care, little girl. Go and do what you're supposed to do. And she just stood her ground. She's like, mm. you know, and it was like, I said, you can't tell her you don't care. You can't mm. tell her right now. She's she's communicating with you that she's angry about what just happened. He said, he, you know, so he got down on her level. He said, okay, I understand that you are angry, but you still got to go pick up those toys, whatever it, mm. it was. You see what I'm saying? So we told them early on, you have a right to your feelings. Everybody's not, that's not sharing with everybody. Mm. He always told me a penny for your thoughts. This what he always mm. said. In other words, I want to hear your voice, baby girl. You always have a voice. A lot mm. of women. That's good. That's good. They have a voice, right? And then when mm-hmm. you start putting black people in predominantly white situations, nobody wants to hear our voice. Just do what I tell you to do. Get along, mm. and then you'll be okay. But when we get into a situation where, hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. This is this yeah. is a lot for me to kind of stifle, right? Mm. That's where the stigma begins to develop is that nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Nobody wants to hear how I feel. I, you know what, Kev? I feel like we talk about this a lot. Um, like this this whole this whole idea of that. You you can't be upset at people for for the advice that you gave them because they're doing the best they can with the advice they have. You know what I mean? Like. If you if you go, I, we we talk about uh, one of my mentees. Um, the whole bunch of backstories. If y'all listen to, if y'all been listening, y'all know the backstories. But the short of it is, his baby mama 
um, her family gets mad at her for going back to him and trying to make it work all the time. Well, the issue, and I don't know if it's an issue, but the situation is that all of her family members are independent, single women. They don't know how to make a relationship work. So what you think they're going to tell you? And so, you know, I, I, and I say, you know, my parents did the best they could with the information they have. My dad is an OG, Mm -hmm. triple OG gangster crip. Mm -hmm. He ain't know how to be emotional. Like that, I mean, and to to this day, he's still working on it. And I think um, it it takes someone like you, Doc, like Kev with the, uh, um, what what is it? Not the positive parenting, but what do you call it? The... That is What's positive the, parenting or effective parenting. No, Kev. Kev I, know, I know what you're talking uh, about. Looking just, something. Anyways. Anyways, that type of parenting, will you acknowledge someone yeah. and let them know that they have a voice? And uh, you know what I'm saying? You're not beating your kids and you're just talking mm-hmm. to them, trying to understand them like they are people. Um, but it takes someone to break away from Big Mama's uh, raising. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think... We are so ingrained with Big Mama's teaching that mm-hmm. don't nobody really want to break away from it. Yeah. So comfortable. You do what's familiar. Even mm. if it's painful, you stick with what's familiar. So when you decide that you're going to go outside of that comfort zone, one, you got to deal with learning a new method. And mm. then you got to live by trial and error. Am I really doing it right? Without any confirmation in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I talk. That's what I talk to parents about when we talk about parenting, mm-hmm. especially at an emotional part, because when I started loving logic, it was like, mm-hmm. it, that's it what took, it was. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> uh, it, took, it took forever for me to start saying, I'm not going to whoop my child. What are the consequences? Because mm-hmm. it's, it takes so much work to think of th- think through Ooh, consequences. Yeah does it do to giving them a whooping? But what I did realize too, and I love what you were talking about earlier, especially teaching your kids sound language so they can express themselves, is that I'm even learning at 13 years old having to dig into her emotional intelligence. Like, how do you feel? How do you feel about the situation? How do you feel about, like, you're sad? Why are you sad? Like, and even like today, she was like, I'm tired. And I'm like, why are you tired? How can we, how can we curve your tiredness? Like, do you need to go to bed earlier? But that's just dialogue and really working with our kids. And I think sometimes we break the emotional intelligence of our kids because we don't think our kids understand or that they're, they're in touch with who they are. So they're just a kid. They're just a child, you know, and I need to tell them what to do. And I think there are so many kids. I, I tell people now, like a two-year-old is really intelligent. Like they, if you expose, if you expose, <laughs> if you expose them to things in a, in a healthy way and you meet them at their level, they can do imaginable things they can communicate in great ways and i think that is you know what if if we had another kid i think i would definitely add sign language so they can communicate earlier Mm -hmm. um what are what are some things with emotional intelligence like people who have not had a voice for so long how do they start tapping in because i think when i don't have a voice and nobody's hearing me i just shut down but not only do i just shut down i shut down on myself does that make sense Yes. So, so yeah. how how do how do people who who've been capped with their emotional intelligence how do you, how do they start pulling that back so they can be successful emotionally? Mm-hmm. 
So the emotions will come out either through the lips or the fingertips. So you're going to talk about it or you're going to write about it. That is not my quote, but I can't remember who said it. So once you realize a person is stifling their emotions, you get them. Let's talk about it or let's write about it. Either one. And then when you leave me, when you leave us talking about it, write and talk to yourself. Like I had a session mm-hmm. today. A young lady told me, I feel like I'm lying. When I say I'm worthy, I feel like I'm lying to myself. I said, what you're doing is learning something new. You've learned that you were useless for years. So you're learning a new view of yourself. You're not lying to yourself. When somebody comes up and tells you that you're invaluable or that you have no value, you'll now start hearing you are worth something. You Mm -hmm. are the old messages that said you're trash. We Mm -hmm. have to teach ourselves. And that's part of digging in and actually learning about those feelings. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Mm. It's, it's Talk good. to yourself. Talk to yourself, yes. Mm. If you also, you got a problem. But if you just talk to yourself, you just, just go ahead and talk. And, and people like, they laugh about affirmations and stuff. Mm-hmm. I hate affirmations. You hate affirmations? I hate doing them. Because oh. I, I, yeah. Oh. But I but I, I think they're they're valuable. Like the words that you speak to yourself. I do a lot of uh self-talk internally. Um I I just I don't want to look at the mirror. Uh, so did somebody tell you you had to look in the mirror when you well I, I've had several people that like do affirmation. I mean you could just stand up and do them out loud, but some people, um, especially when you're speaking, they want you to see your reflection, like see your facial expression. So uh-huh. like you can own I can it. I could see that. I could see that. But like you have a little girl, right? Mm-hmm. How valuable would it be for you to teach her that at this age? Affirmations, right? Oh, we do them every night. We, yeah. we do her words. I'm smart. I'm kind. I'm beautiful. I'm brave. I'm loved. Exactly. exactly. So we we can call it self-talk or affirmations or what have, whatever we I like. Talk, it. it would be positive self-talk. Mm-hmm. Is what yeah. How mm-hmm. do we... I don't know how to say this. And let's, say I, I, it. I, I, no, I, I don't. Well, because so here's the thing. My wife always tell me, just like, you ain't supposed to say things that way. And I'll be like, I'm going to just say that we're going to deal with it. Uh, hey, man. <laughs> that's just, that's this is, just this is, And this is our show. So just go ahead and say it. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I don't know how to say it because I don't know exactly what I'm trying to phrase. But the 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 punchline is hmm. how do we respond to to those those people in the crowd that are talking about, you know, oh, you acting white. When you start, you know, Ooh, that's so good. That's so good of a question. That's so good of a question because we, uh, my nephew, my nephew, my heart, he came to live <laughs> with us when he was about eleven or twelve. He was a buster. Okay, so we told him our routine of the household: how we sit down to dinner, we plan our meals, we plan the year, we do a motto for every school year, bedtimes and stuff like that. And he was like, "This is what white people do," and I was like, "Oh." Who, what white people have you seen doing this? He said on TV. I said, do you realize that they show you on TV what they want you to see? Mm. How do you know black people don't do this? Mm. How, do, how do you know? How do you know black people don't talk positively to their children? Mm. How do you know black people don't sit on the side of the bed and read to their children? Mm. How do you know that? How do you know black people don't do models every year? How do you know that? That black people don't, you know, talk common sense to their kids. How do you know that? They, yeah. You see what they want you to see. That's why we're in bondage. That's mm. why it's in the mind. So you walk away that we're being white when we're saying this is productive. This is great energy. This is peace. This yes. is how we get what we want out of life. Yes. 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 <laughs> That's it. I mean, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us on Dance on Purpose Podcast. You got like... But, but listen, I don't, she just... 
I, I wish, I wish, like, and I, I don't even want to say that we could play that in every hood because I don't even need to be played in the hood because I, I don't live in the hood. I live in the suburbs and that need to be played here to, to people that look like me uh, and in my situation. Like, we, we got it wrong. We getting it wrong. So like if you go back historically, black people were sitting at the table eating dinner. Mm-hmm. They all came in from working at whatever, wherever you were working. You all came in, wife cooked dinner, everybody sat down. Even if you were working in the field, everybody came in. They rang that bell. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. sat together. Who said white people only do that? Because that's what yeah. they show you on media. Yeah. Yep. That's and it. I remember. I remember going into some of my toughest neighborhoods. They're like, "You talk like a white person." I was like, "What is that? What is, what does that mean? Like, it's the it's the English language. You're learning the English language right now. Um, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, and I sound different than anybody else anyway. So, you know, wow. what are you talking about? But I think I think you're, you're right. Like, societies, media, social media. Like yep. they're embedding these ideas in our kids' brain, and we're we're having mm-hmm. to do double work. I feel we have to do double work because if that's all they see, they feel like that's all they know. When we have to be like, no, nah, we all do great things. We all do things that are productive and gets us in line, so yep. we can be lined up for success. So I think that's I think that's um, that that was a great 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 point. Like. Yeah, we yeah. doing it. We just not seeing it. So yeah. it's being done. Yeah, and it's more like by human nature, regardless of what color you are, by human nature, we're gonna take the easy route out, right? Mm-hmm. So it is easier to not all sit down and not try to coordinate schedules and, and not use grammatical, you know, be grammatically correct. Uh, I remember our, the oldest was a I don't know what grade that boy was in, but we were all in the foyer at church. And they were teasing him because of his bedtime. Mm. Okay? He did not get an 8.30 bedtime until his, till he still got varsity football when they would be out late. Okay? Mm. And so they teased him about his bedtime. And so I heard them teasing him, you know, like, whatever. I said, so I walked there. I said, tell them your GPA. And yeah. he's like, what? I said, tell them your GPA. And he was like, 3.9? The whole, all the kids in the youth department just fill out. How you get a 3.9? He go to bed. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> He's resting in the morning. Yeah. Attention in school. That's how he gets yeah. to one nine. <laughs> yeah. It all works together. Mm. It all works together. He came That's in good. his first year. He said, do you think by the time I'm a senior, I can go to 8.30 bedtime? Absolutely. Absolutely you can go to bed. I already knew it's, all of this is going to be a wash, right? Yeah. But as yeah. long as you follow the protocol, that's what time we're going to be. Mm-hmm. They never had TVs in their room for what? Come on. They never had a television. The boys, when they come home, they grown now. They 20, 22, 23, 24. They got a TV in their room when they went to college so they could play video games. That's it. Yeah. But they still don't have a TV when she come home in that room. <laughs> she still <laughs> You see what I'm saying? But for what? Whatever you're watching, we're watching as a family. They had, mm-hmm. they had 30 minutes of electronics a day. Choose mm-hmm. which one you want, your phone, their video game, or their television. Choose which one you want. 30 Ooh. minutes. That phone, that video game, or that television. I'm, a, I'm writing Choose that one down. One Pray for me. I'm going to implement that tomorrow. That you're going to have a problem. But <laughs> Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, 
But you let me tell you, wait, but let me tell you why Josh I stopped the television. When that oldest one was a toddler, he kept running through the house. I was a stay-at-home mom. Lord, thank you. He lasted a season. <laughs> he came through there and he kept doing his arms like this. Are y'all from Dallas? Did y'all grow up there? Where y'all grow up? No, no, I grew up in I'm LA. Yeah, oh, so y'all ain't gonna know this. But anyway, he kept he kept coming through there doing his arm like this, right? I said, what is wrong with that boy? He'll toddler. I'm up on the ladder putting up wallpaper and a commercial comes on and he come running around the uh, corner and he doing like this. And it was a commercial, a furniture guy. 12, 12, loot 12. Come on. <laughs> and I said, that's it. You're not watching that TV anymore. Because I had no idea what he was doing. So what else are we being exposed to? Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. TV me because you running around here doing this. I'm thinking you got a tick and you mocking a <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, yeah, yeah. I we I ain't cutting it off. Listen, my 18-month-old know how to turn the TV on and push buttons. And when she can't figure it out, she said, Dada, she I mean she just gave me the remote. I'm like, okay. Yeah. She knows to tell I, me what she wanna watch. Go ahead, Kev. No, I was gonna say I love that because I I'm I'm almost sensing like even our kids are getting emotional intelligence from these cartoons. Oh, from these animes, yes. from these, and I'm just thinking like you're absorbing feelings that's not not true to you. And then, and don't even get into sex. Now, let me tell you how we explain sex to the kids. I don't know if they're virgins or not. I don't get into that, right? But what I did tell them is that that's a spiritual exchange. Stuff that ain't even going. I'm telling you, when I know you had the sex, when your mood changed, because you mm. got stuff going on with you that never happened in our household. Mm. This some you done deposited in somebody else, or they done deposited in you, one or the other. That's a mm. spiritual exchange. And that's the way that I explained it to them. It's mm. more than just feelings. Like yeah. this is yeah. this is a true bond that you're you're tying with somebody. Absolutely. We Absolutely. got our that ain't even mental health, but okay, so let's listen. <laughs> no, listen. I'm, listen, so <laughs> Well, it don't even matter because listen, I I be tell we we didn't had uh, episodes where we trying to go this way and we didn't turn this way. And look, if this gonna turn into a parenting uh, expose or something like that, I'm all for it. Cause listen, I need help. <laughs> but I love that. I love that. I t- I, t- I used to tell people, man, because I had went to a youth camp, and then they were explaining mm-hmm. how um, church youth camp when, you, when when you have sex with different people you're getting married every time right. and you're not you're never getting a divorce because that lasts you with you your spirit is torn bro I, I mean sis like doc i wish somebody would have told me that early long time ago right yeah. because yeah. i mean i mean as you grow up and you start to realize like man all of my troubles are coming from this and that and then as you get ready like i ain't gonna even lie to y'all when i got married i have made a fo- couple of phone calls it's like yeah so Sorry, that wouldn't, we shouldn't have done that, you know, you know, because I understood that I couldn't move, bro. I should have made some, but. (laughs) But I I, I think I I really appreciate and I'm glad you said that, because I think so many parents, number one, they have a fear of talking to their kids about sex, number one, and number two, like, it's more than just wrap it up. Like, my mom just told me, don't come home with no kids. Mm -hmm. Cool. But you're not telling me all the emotional baggage, and I think, I think that's, I think, I thank you, thank you, Holy Spirit. I think this is great because when you talk about emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. that's connected. Like how you feel, especially when you fall in love with somebody else, 
fall in love with somebody else. Yeah, I had to do, <laughs> do the quotations. Air quotes. <laughs> Air quotes. Fall in love with somebody else because emotional. And what I hate is to see students be so in love yeah. where they're killing each other with their emotions. Doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Like, mm-hmm. you love them yeah. so much, but you're killing them with your emotions. Like, where are you going? Who are you with? Or, you right. know, I love you. And it's like, do you really? Do you really yeah. love that person? Because if yeah. you did, you wouldn't be acting like that. Well, you know, so. <laughs> is it love if you're not the best version of yourself with that person? Is it really love? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let that sit. I'm letting this sit because I'm like. If you're not the best version of yourself with that person, that's not love. Mm. I'm just, I'm, listen, for y'all out there, don't, don't, don't even try to hit my wife up. I'm not thinking about my wife and I'm <laughs> just thinking about the statement in general. I'm like, yo, like that's, that's real. Like that's deep. Like yeah. that's, that's some facts. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Nobody, mm-hmm. uh, I don't, I don't know if anybody's ever explained it like that. No. Yeah. No, that's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, some of the stuff, like when you talk about you had calls to make or whatever, when you got married. One of the things that um, I realized when talking to young people about sexual encounters and stuff is just from my own um, experiences with not having these kind of conversations with my mom. Because my mom, when she found out I was having sex, she just took me down to Planned Parenthood. That was it. Like her number one only goal was that I not get pregnant. I'm glad she focused on it because there's no way I would not have gotten pregnant, right? But I knew raising my kids and even before I started having kids I realized it got to be more to it because that wasn't enough of, like pregnancy wasn't enough for me to stop you see what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> so it got to be yeah. more to it than that right it, yeah, it, yeah. and I was that kind of person you can't just tell me not to do something you have mm-hmm. to explain to me Mm. Yes, you got. I mean, you got to break it down for me. And that was just she's a station. Just my mom called me station. She for whatever reason she kind of like. She <laughs> named you, and she called anyway. She called the station. <laughs> you you ask so many questions. She's a single parent, and I wore mm. her school mm. yeah. out because. What do you mean? I got to come in at twelve. What's the difference between twelve mm. and two? Like that makes no mm-hmm. sense. Why? What are mm. you Why, why I got to get up on at ten? My homework is done. Why? And it's, it was just constant for her, constant, yeah. constant, constant. And I wore the fool out of her, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is another That's reason good. why you, you know, you raise kids in a household, not one person, because you need to be able to tag team. Yes. Mm. That's good. All right. So I want to bring this full circle. So and we, we spend a lot of time, especially uh, not just talking about sex, but talking about how we're raising our kids and things like that. But I, I'm 100% certain you know, how the way we raise our kids affects their mental health because mm. we got all sorts of traumas that we ain't talked about, especially in our community. And for yeah. our community, if y'all understand, I'm talking about black folk. Um, <laughs> like we, we got a lot of traumas and a lot of unpacking. I was I was talking to my grandmother about this. I was like, every I believe every black man in America needs to go to therapy. I was like, there's trauma that comes along with just being a black man. Wow. And I was like, look. I know I need therapy. I was like, I don't even know what I'm trying to suppress. And I don't want to think about it because I ain't trying to think about it. Um, that's just a tidbit. Um, but to bring it full circle. So when, when we're talking about these sexual encounters for, for our kids or whatever that is, sexual health, sex education, whatever you want to talk about, sex. Um, wh- wh- how do 
how do we get to the next step in their mental health in, in, in helping them combat the, the, I don't know what the word is, lies or walls or, or whatever that they've built up themselves about sex. So like Kev's talking about, you know, a lot of these kids are talking about, well, I'm in love and da, 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 da. Okay. Well, okay. How do we help them break that down? Right. There's other ways to show love. That's the first thing. Like who, who, who explained to you what love is? And let's talk about different ways to, you know, to share or show somebody that you love them. Uh, mm-hmm. In love, this is what people, I'm in love with him. Okay, in love is not cloud nine. In love mm-hmm. is a commitment. That's what mm-hmm. love means. I'm committed to this person. Whether love they change, true. whether they stay the same, I'm committed to this person. That love that you're talking about, that's a fleeting moment because if they piss you off today, you're <laughs> with them tomorrow. Right. That's, go. That's, that's just that's a fleeting thought. So yeah. your mm-hmm. feelings of being in love is about wanting to commit to a person, learn more about that person, learn more about yourself self when you're with that person. And that's why I go back to are you the best version of yourself? So like mm, yes. at home, when I'm talking to uh, adults, you know, and I've worked with teenagers over the years. But when I'm talking to people and they talking about a tumultuous relationship. Okay, so a couple of things are going on. Are you the best version of yourself with this person as you can be? Are you at peace with this person? Like, you're going to have tips. You're going to have little run-ins with each other. But if you come in every day, every day, and the energy is negative, what are we doing? But see, Okay, so then here you go. We've gotten married God doesn't want us to get divorced. God does not want us to get divorced. But oh, yeah. He allows divorce. He yes. allows it. It is a forgivable sin. It's not an abomination. That's yes. not a criminal issue. So when you say what happens to our kids, how we raise our kids, that's the one thing. When you don't have peace in your household, you don't have some mental health problems. Mm. So, Man, so uh, it sounds like, uh, real quick, but it sounds like what, what, whatever it is, whatever the, 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 the blockage, the lies, whatever the situation is, it sounds like we just need to start having conversations. Need to start talking. And we, but you got to be comfortable with yourself, right? Like my girlfriends, mm. my, my girlfriends, we always talk, you know, like we're, we're in menopause now, right? So sex through menopause <laughs> is a lot different from sex, you know, at 23, 24 years old, right? But we mm. have great conversations about that because if we're not talking about it with each other, then we walk around thinking we're abnormal. Mm, that's good. So I, that's good. I should be able to talk to my parents about sex. I should be able to talk yeah. to them about it. You know, like people say, you talk to your dad about that. Girl, yes. Me and my dad are talking about it. My mom just that's took me to my dad. I mean, and you know, you talk about lo- love and logic. My dad didn't know nothing about that. This is what he told me. He said, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you what you have to keep having sex. I ain't gonna tell you what to do. I'm just gonna tell you what's gonna happen. I mean, you make your choice. <laughs> and he and that's how he was. He's like, I ain't gonna tell you what or what not to do. I'm telling you how to yeah. tell you what they He said, but I can't make up your mind for you. Baby, yeah. that's something you gotta do for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, parents don't really say that to their kids. They don't you don't want to walk in there to your baby girl and say, Hey, let me tell you, right? But if you mm-hmm. get all that time beforehand feeding yeah. into her, then you trust her to make that decision. Absolutely. I get my kids at several times. My son moved to LA. Our son, I said, mm-hmm. like, I our son, our son <laughs> do a movie, and I told my husband, so you know that boy ain't coming back. He said, Nah, he don't come back. That boy ain't coming back. 
wrapped up and everything. Mom, I ain't come. I know. I know. I trusted you this far, so I have to trust you now. Trust you now. Man, that is so good. Um, I picked up Kendall today. She stayed after school with mm-hmm. some of her friends, and they had like a little some anime stuff going on. So they um so they ended up walking to like racetrack, which is like not in the neighborhood, not Ooh. close to the school. Oh. They was walking and she said, I walked to the edge of the neighborhood and then I thought and I turned around and walked back. And I was like, you walked all the way back to the school by yourself? She was like, yeah. And so I started digging. And I was like, why, why would you, like, shoot, you was halfway there. You should have just texted us and was like, hey, I'm going to run a racetrack with my friend. She was like, no, nah. I was just thinking mama wouldn't be happy if I left the school, you know. And I was just like, whoa, that just means a lot to me that she's thinking at that level. Mm. And I think, I, I know, I know, even though that I pour into her and that I talk to her, is seeing the evidence right. of the pouring in and talking into her. One of the things that hit me when you were talking about talking to our kids Mm -hmm. is that I think our parents don't know how to talk to their kids because nobody ever talked to them. And so if there's anybody listening right now, I think that self-talk is one of the most powerful things in the world to get you into a place to talk to your kids. Mm-hmm. Because I think one, you, I think people who are listening to us now, they're like, oh, I need to talk to my kids. I need to talk to my kids. But I think it's hard for you to talk to your kids about certain subjects when you don't know who you are in those areas Absolutely. or you don't know how you feel in those areas. So what could you tell a parent? Like, they're like, man, okay, I got it. I need to start talking to my kid. But I'm broken. I'm yeah. I'm broken. Yeah. Right. Go get some help. Yeah. Go get some help is the first thing. And when you talk to your kids, if you talk more than they're talking, you're talking too much. Mm. You know what you're thinking. You want to see what they're thinking. You want to see how they process information. Mm. That's good. But if you're talking more than they're talking, you, they, one, they, they don't even have, they're not listening to you. Pay a certain <laughs> point. They're not listening. So quit all that talking. You really want to hear what they say. Yeah. yeah, but I, I t- this is what I tell people: you have an optometrist that you go to once a year, you have your dentist that you go to twice a year, you have your primary care physician that you go see once a year. Um, one day I'll probably still go to the barber. I don't know if the other one does, but you got your barber, right? You good? You good? <laughs> you got your barber, right? And um, like I got a colorist that I go to, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But how many people actually have a mental health pro- uh, provider, right? You have all of these other health care regimens, even your hair care in place, but you don't have a therapist. So I ask people, why is your hair more important than your mental health? Ooh. You will move into a city and find a stylist, barber. You're going to find that person to hook you up, but you want to why is it? You have to ask that yourself. We, we have to make it important. So we have to teach our kids. Like every mm-hmm. one of our kids, they have a debit card. Whenever you want to go to therapy, that's the card mm-hmm. to use. Mm-hmm. They grown. They don't have to pay for their own therapy. Whenever you want to go to therapy, that's the card. Put that, put that card on file at the therapy office. You can go whenever you want to go. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. That's That's beautiful. Because I was about to say, like, has I was about to ask you, like, has the insurance game changed since over time for therapy for those who have insurance and want to use insurance for therapy? But I don't even have to answer that question because you said go to the beauty shop and I know 
how much it costs for my wife to get her hair done. I know for how much it costs for a 13 year old to get her hair done. So, bam. If you have insurance, go ahead and try to find you a clinician that takes that insurance, right? Because that's going to take a lot of the, uh, the, a lot of hardship of paying for therapy. And, and most insurance panels now are particular about finding cl- clinicians that look like you, right? However, you being able to get in may be a different thing. I stopped taking insurance years ago because I don't like working for my money after I've gotten off. Mm. Insurance companies. So when I see you, I bill you, I get paid right there. When I do insurance, I bill the insurance company. I collect the copay from you. The insurance may or may not pay for the claim, right? Then I got to spend another 30 minutes to 45 minutes to 60 minutes tracking down that claim, go back and rebuild it. And what my final decision was, I was in practice. I got a chick, huge chick. I did not even remember seeing the client. That's how long ago they had come by the time they paid. Wow. That was my final decision that I cannot maintain my household like that. Yeah. So when people yeah. ask me, why don't I take insurance? I said, oh, it's just a professional preference of mine. I can give you some resources if you'd like to use insurance. Well, this was wrong with y'all. Y'all don't take insurance. I, but you don't, you don't argue with your beautician. You don't, you don't argue at the boutique. You don't argue with the travel agent. You, those are self-care items, right? You don't, you don't argue at the foot spa when you go get your nails done. So I get that you don't want to pay me, and I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. Well, it, well why is why every time I go to counseling and, and y'all ain't affordable? No, you can't afford me. You mm. can afford somebody else for counseling. Mm. You just can't afford me, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You don't find value in what I do. It's mm. okay. There's no hard feelings. Yes. Uh, that has been the episode. Uh, we thank y'all for tuning in. <laughs> yes. But that was, man, that was so real. Like, that is so real. I, th- I, I just think about haircuts. I'm going to marinate on so much of this tonight. Like, y'all, here's the thing. Like, I'm usually not taken back. I promise you, I'm really not. But I'm just like the like you make it so plain. You you mm-hmm. you're like a pastor up there, just you know what I'm saying, <laughs> putting the word out there, just making it simple, make it simple, make it plain, pastor, make it plain. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, bruh. Like I I usually I'm gonna be real. I don't watch any of the episodes, I don't listen to them. I, I just don't. I, I edit them, I put them out there. I'm gonna have to listen to this boy again. Yeah, you know I mean? and one for me, yes. But two, uh, and I know Kev as well, because Kev does a lot with teenagers. Um, I deal a lot with uh, teenagers, primarily teenagers from lower socioeconomic backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but they ain't the only ones that that need help. But I, I, at that age, that's kind of like this like threshold where like, yes, you're an adult, but you, you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I know for a fact that, you know what I'm saying, the people, of, the kids of color, Mm-hmm. are not getting this same interaction and um I want to be able to be a resource. Um, mm-hmm. so thank you. I hey, I appreciate yeah. you. Kev, we really about to get out of here. Go ahead. What you about to say? No, uh, and I was going to say I had to learn as I work with our low income families, there are things out there. Like I know spe- specifically yeah. for Fort Worth ISD, they have it may not be what you were thinking when you walked in there. It might, but they have resources specifically for their students and their families. Most schools. Yeah, but we just got to get our families to 
Use the resources. At our office, I have a private practice. For years, we had a city uh, contract. Any family in Dallas County. Really? Could get counseling at no charge. Wow. Underutilized contract to date. Wow. Any family in Dallas County could get counseling. Why don't you come up to Denton County and we could talk? Denton has the same contract. What do? I'll tell you, y'all blind. Oh, <laughs> has that same contract. Any yeah, family, yeah. Any family, mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. long as mm-hmm. they have kids between five and eighteen, they, oh, can, they can get it. I know you're probably talking about that. But I think that's really important that we said that because I think oftentimes it's woe is the person who doesn't have the income to do it or right. uh, woe is the person who doesn't. And I know for a fact that these school districts and these cities are they it might not be like showboated in, in a nice commercial, but the resources are out there. And I, I believe that our parents, if you're on if you were listening to us today and you're like, man, I really want to utilize therapy there is a way for you to at least start therapy. It might yeah. not be, and when you can start paying for the therapy that you specifically need, so that if you need a black therapist, if you need a professional black therapist, you're just going to mm-hmm. have, you know, save your coins and get there. But I believe that um, I don't want people to be stifled thinking, oh, I can't afford therapy um, or I can't afford doctor, <laughs> but for therapy out there and there is programs there are programs in your school district there are programs in your city that will provide uh mental health therapy for you well okay so watch this you got you got you got mental health coverage through medicaid um when you have insurance at work a lot of people have eap employee assistance programs you have churches and then you have foundations that will pay for like six to eight sessions um Mm. for counseling services so there, it, it's out there. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, accessing it or what have you. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, Got to figure it out. It's it's the access to the resources. Uh, Doc, where can they find you at? Uh, on uh, my website, StaciaAlexander.com. I'm on all social media as Stacia Doctor Stacia Alexander. Yeah, and I replied like Doctor Gilbert laughed me about. She thinks I had somebody working for me with my social media, but no, I just reply. I don't know what else you know to tell you. I just answer people. <laughs> we love it. We love it. Oh, we love my it. Goodness. Uh, <laughs> Doc, what is you, real. You got final words. I, I don't even know if you just want like folks out there that need a mental health check. I think this whole episode was, but if whatever you you know what, you got the stage. Whatever you want to say, you can say it. Okay, so I'm gonna tie it up with this because we were talking about being a pastor and and that's the conversation that is going on. Uh, should we do a full conference on pastors and mental health? Right. So um, people, it's a faith issue. People think that their faith is being piled into question. So I just share with this the one thing. This one thing. You guys are watching me on the screen right now. If I were to fall over because I'm having a heart attack, I would want one of you to start praying and the other one to call nine one one. And when the paramedics get here, I would want you to keep praying while they are doing life-saving measures for me on the floor, right? When we get over to the hospital, I want a room full of people praying, but I want the surgeons in there operating on me. I want faith and I want professionalism working together to sustain my life. Mental health is not an assault on your faith. Mm. This is not saying that you lack faith because you go get treatment. You can pray about it and still go to counseling. It's not a faith issue. 
We need to get all of those astigmatisms, no, all of those stigmas <laughs> out of our head about mental health. It's yeah, just yeah, important yeah. as any other area. You break your hip, you won't help. You fail a class, you won't help. You don't get a job, your car breaks down, you go to professionals and you get help. Mental health is just as important because once your brain and your heart suffer, everything mm. else collapses. Boy. Boy. KB. Man, <laughs> she Doc said it all right there. Like, I I can't even come behind that. Like, that's it. Let's close the show. Because I think that is so important. Listen, y'all, y'all, we have to keep our faith. <laughs> he said he done, but then he going. I mean, but we just got to keep our faith and professionalism. And I, Doc, I think there is very important that we do do something. And I would love to connect my pastor and my church as far as like, what does that look like? And what can we do, even, whether it's for more pastors or whether it's for an actual church um, mm-hmm. to, to to bring um, awareness, because as as African Americans, our our home base has always been the church. Right. But but I think a lot of people are taking these pastoral care moments as therapy. And they're not. And I, can, I, I tell people I can only take you so far. Yeah. Like my my faith in you, my belief in you. The, the strengths that I see in you and me pulling those out of you and getting you to rise up, I can only take you so far. But when you start talking about, you know, your past mm. and trauma and where you've been, mm. I'm going to assist and I'm going to pass the assist to somebody who's more professional <laughs> who can do that. Yeah, just yeah, like you yeah. can operate on a cardiac person. You yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's not your specialty. Absolutely. And I'm saying that hopefully that pastors are hearing me will mm-hmm. stop and start adding those resources to your to your to your arsenal. Like if mm-hmm. you have somebody that's to you or counseling, like no signs, know what you know, know the know, know the keywords and mm-hmm. have someone that you can pass that person off to. And I really like the idea of starting a network where like I think I mean I was like, man, I need to go talk to my pastor. How can we pay for six sessions yeah. for People that's members in our church, so yeah. they can get, yes. so they can get some real help. Whether it's two sessions or three sessions, but mm-hmm. it's just where they can really like. Once we counsel them and notice that they need some help, we mm-hmm. need to be able to successfully pass them off to the proper resource. That's all I got. I love it. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We appreciate you guys. You guys know what to do, man. Like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, whatever other than things out there, using whatever. <laughs> like them up, share them up. We appreciate you guys. We love you till next week. Take care. God bless.